0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Ellen Debenport.
1: Welcome to Voices of Unity. This is Rev. Ellen Debenport. This is a show that invites different new thought leaders to share their wisdom and expertise so, so that you can dive deep into spiritual topics and discover new ideas and practices that will enhance your life. Our guests on Voices of Unity are sometimes unity ministers or licensed teachers, but also others who can share something special they've learned, kind of a body of work. And they have so much to share. They're not just one-time guests. They come and stay for several weeks so we can truly explore their areas of special interest. Sometimes we talk about unity teaching specifically. Sometimes it's just more generally related to spiritual practice. And today we are in a series with Janice Campbell about what she calls receiving your life. She coaches around that idea that you can receive your life. And we talked in the first show overall about what does it mean to receive your life and what are the various elements of it. Then we decided to do different shows on different topics. So last week was money and this week is relationships. Janice, are you ready? Yes. Okay, welcome back. Thank you. We thought we would divide this show into two parts. One for when you were wanting a relationship and one for when you've got one. And I've known so many people on both sides of that line. Um you know, as ministers, we hear from people about what's going on in their lives, and so many people are just longing for a partner, a mate. Someone to share their lives with, but then they also come for counseling after they have a relationship. And I used to sit there listening to him, thinking, "I am staying single." So, <laughs> so I'm really interested, Janice, in what you have to share about this.
2: Great. You want to start with pre-relationships? Where do you want to start? Sure, I think you're right. Uh, how about before we get into a relationship? Okay, I think that's. that's Like you say, it's interesting how, you know, we have that really strong desire to be in a relationship and then oftentimes we're in the relationship and then we have the strong desire to get out of the relationship. Yes. It is very interesting. (laughs) Or at Um, least change
1: it or fix it.
2: Exactly. Not necessarily leave it right. But I think the important thing to start with is the main thing about, um, is getting back to the desire of being in a relationship I remember years ago, I used to train coaches in Receive Your Life. And I used to tell them that, or we'd talk about how the most important thing you could do when you're first working with your client is to make sure you're working with a true desire and not a false desire.
1: Mm.
2: And and what the false desire is, is that compromised aspect of ourselves. Like I'm going to get this, like once I have this, then I'm going to be fixed. Then I'm going to feel better Then I'm going to. So it's, it's kind of like we're trying to fix something with the false desire versus a true desire when it's that longing in your heart. It's just, it's, you know, like we, we discussed before, Emily, Katie, mm-hmm. you know, desire is God knocking at the door of your consciousness. It's it's like the thing, if you have a desire to be in a relationship and to connect deeply with someone, then there is an energy out there that is also desiring to be in that relationship with you. Oh, So it's true. Yeah. It's like you could trust that desire, but a lot of times we have the false desire and then we're looking to the relationship like, Oh, this person's going to make me whole. Or if I'm in a relationship, I won't be lonely. Or if I'm in a relationship, people will see that I actually have value or, you know, we make up all this kind of stuff, but we're trying to fix something that we perceive is, missing or broken within us. So it's really important to tune in. And what is that desire, the origin of that desire?
1: Yeah. And I got so many messages around that growing up. If no one wants to marry you, there's something wrong with you.
2: Exactly. And a lot of times we're trying to we don't want people to think there's something wrong with us, or we don't want to feel like there's something wrong with us. So, I should be in a relationship. Right. Which is very different than do I really want to be in a relationship?
1: I remember when I was 23, my marriage alarm went off. I mean, it, it was mm-hmm. really a conscious thing. I felt it. Time to get married because I had, I was at that point in my life script, you know, grow up, go to college, get a job, and then get married. So, time to get married
2: yeah whether it was a true desire or not it's it's almost like those voices a lot of times they come from the outside I should want this but then really looking within is it something I really want is this what I really want do I really want to be in partnership with someone share my life with someone not everybody does
1: right or is it my mother who thinks I should be married
2: Exactly. And then (laughs) I remember when, uh, I mean, I've always wanted to get married and have a family. I mean, I never wanted a career. It was just, for me, it was really clear. And I used to feel guilty in the feminist movement, like, like I was selling out. It was almost like a secret. Like I didn't want people to know that about me. Um, but I remember once I was reading this time and I was grad, I had graduated from college and I was reading this time magazine article on the way home. It says, If you're not married by this age, the odds of you getting married go way down. I remember like, oh, I'm not going to get married. I miss the boat. But again, it's from the outside in. It's Mm -hmm. like, who's? it doesn't matter. If you have the desire, it's your life expression. It's Mm -hmm. yours to have unless you're blocking it.
1: So let's say you have good, healthy reasons for wanting to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. What do you do?
2: Well, I think first of all, you get really clear on who you are. You really want to know the truth of who you are. You know, a lot of times we think we have to, oh, I want to be, I really want to be in a relationship. Therefore I have to turn into somebody else. I have to be more outgoing. I have to be, don't talk so much. I have to like figure out the right way. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want people to be annoyed with me. So we think we have to compromise ourselves. That's how we're going to get what we want. But it actually, it's the opposite, is you want to get really clear on, you know, who am I? What are my values? What's important to me? Because otherwise, it's not going to be sustainable, even and if you do. Because how long can you keep that up? Right. Being your comfort self. myself.
1: And you've talked about that process throughout these shows, is mm-hmm. getting to know your values, paying attention to what you love and don't love, and just learning who you are.
2: Yes, and again, it goes back to the push pulls. Mm-hmm. You don't. You notice it when you feel yourself being pulled, called forth. You're feeling energized, enthusiastic. It's then you ask yourself, "Who am I being right now? Why does this feel so good to me?" You know, I remember when I first dated my um, husband. One of the first dates we went on was to his brother is a musician, and we went to the, I think some place up north, and and he was playing a lot of little venues, like a jazz thing, lots of different venues, and my. Um, My husband now, but when I was dating him, his father was up there and he had the tape recording recording his son playing the music, Mm -hmm. my husband's brother. And I, I just got so excited because it felt so good to me. Like, oh, I love I love how attentive he is to his kids. I love like it was a it was an alignment with my values. You know, and my husband's laughing. And he said, oh, that would have turned off so many people. But for me, it was like, <laughs> I love those values. I love that. I love how much he cares. Uh-huh. I love how attentive he is. And, you know, so we're always, if we're paying attention, you, you could feel a lot of times we're in a, we're dating someone, we're in a relationship and it's like, oh, this just feels off. And then it's like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Instead of paying attention, like what's really going on here? Like yeah. there's so many signs along the way, whether or not something is a match for us or not we we have to be paying attention.
1: Yes. Oh, gosh. I've tried to force so many matches. <laughs> and but we
2: do that in life, not just in relation. I mean, it's, it's always that's that true. Yes.
1: Jobs, everything.
2: Yes. When we're trying too hard, it's kind of like a red flag. Like, why is this so hard? What's, you know, kind of slowing it down and really looking at it. And a lot of times we're telling ourselves we're either too much or we're not enough that we have to change. We have to turn into somebody else.
1: Right. And it it took me years to recognize that if it's my fault, then I believe I can fix it. So I let everything be my fault because it was otherwise I just felt helpless and stuck.
2: But it's it's interesting with relationships because so often we've kind of been conditioned to believe that if we have value, we will be picked. And, you know, at yes. some level, it's a, it's about being picked
1: Prince Charming, instead we'll of, on.
2: yeah, instead of making a conscious choice of this is who I am, this is what's important to me. And then you do the choosing, mm-hmm. you decide, you know, we get closer, like, wow, this feels really good. Or, no, this, this is off. This is not who I am.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: This is, this is not a match for me. You know, my mom used to say two wonderful people, but not for each other. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Do you remember that book called The Rules? No.
2: It was, oh gosh,
1: 20 years ago at least, there was a book called The Rules, and it was written for women about how to get a man. Mm. And it was um, surprisingly old-fashioned rules about being hard to get, just playing (laughs) it cool. But it was coming from a place of abundance, and that's what surprised me about the book. I'd expected to hate that book. Mm -hmm. But what they were trying to say is the attitude you want to have is that you live in a world of abundance. There are lots of fish in the sea, basically. Yes. And you get to choose. You don't have to just take the first one who expresses an interest in you.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. And if you have that consciousness about it, then you won't be desperate and needy and compromise.
2: Right. Because when we're coming from scarcity, we don't see clearly. We don't make good decisions. Mm -hmm. But when we're coming from our value and the truth of who we are, we could be honest with ourselves. We're not afraid to be honest. But when we're coming from scarcity, a lot of times, I know I've been in many relationships where I didn't want to admit what I was seeing. I didn't want to admit what I knew was true. Because I thought, oh, well, then I'll end up with no one. If I, you know, so it's like you're holding on to something that isn't even a fit for you. But you think it's that whole thing. Well, I should be grateful for what I have. I should be thankful for what I have. What, what if this goes away and I'll have nothing? And then the scarcity is, what if I, what if I never meet anybody? But again, that's when, when we go back to spiritual principles. If you have that desire within you, it's, it's really complete. That energy is waiting for you to allow it and to open up to it.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: So it's important to always come back to I wouldn't have this seed of desire within me if it wasn't mine to have. Mm -hmm. And that helps us stay away from the scarcity.
1: So you used the word complete, and I'm remembering the movie, You Complete Me. (laughs) That's not what we're looking for, right?
2: No, and I think uh, oftentimes why relationships don't work out At least at the beginning too is well all the time but we're looking for our missing piece. Mm -hmm. We're like thinking like okay, I need someone like you say I need someone who's going to complete me and make me feel better about myself, which never works. Instead of two whole people coming together and then creating something, but a lot of times even we could you know we're talking about romantic relationships in a way. But this also applies to business relationships, family relationships. So in business, like a partnership, a lot of times we're like, oh, that person's going to do it for me. And it doesn't really work that way. You want two whole, complete people coming together. It could be that that person has gifts that I don't have, but you're feeling complete in the wholeness of who you are. You're not looking to the other person to do it for you. Mm-hmm. You're both bringing your gifts and that's in a relationship. You both want to bring the fullness and wholeness of who you are instead of thinking that the other person's going to make you whole. It doesn't work that way because then we get resentful eventually because it's not possible. And then they turn into the enemy.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) So we've talked throughout this series about, um, The compromises we make to do the things we think we should do. And how do you, I mean, I know that happens in relationships too. How do you know that you're not doing that?
2: By the way that it feels, again, we're such a fine-tuned instrument that when we're coming from our shoulds, we could feel it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like it's back to the thing. We don't really want to be honest with ourselves because we're afraid we're going to lose something we value. That's why we compromise ourselves because we don't really believe that we can have what we really want. So a lot of that gets back to really understanding your value and your wholeness. Mm -hmm. Because... Without it, we're going to be coming from scarcity. Like if we believe, you know, whenever there's a should, there's always a limiting belief. Like it could be, I'm unlovable, I'm unworthy, I'm this, I'm that. And then someone's going to fix that for us. Well, that's not possible. But when we come from our values, it's like, wow, I love this. Remember, I think it was last, or when we talked about purpose, how important it is to have the word love in there the harmonizing factor of love. Mm-hmm. So when you really get clear of who you want, you know, I love this. I love having deep conversations. I love this. I love this. I love this. And then you're, when you're leading with the gift that you are, when you connect with people, you meet people, you start to interact with people very quickly. You're going to be able to see, is this a match or not? But when we're hiding the gift, we're withholding the gift that we are. And we're giving, we're putting our compromise self forward then eventually it's going to come out. Well, wow, I don't really care about that. <laughs> so or that's not important to me. Yeah.
1: But we're doing this when we're awash in brain chemicals that are saying, you know, I'm in love and hormones mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. also talking to us. And I'm not very, I don't think very clearly.
2: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Well, I think a lot of that, it gets back to that there's no scarcity of time. You don't have to rush to things. Sometimes I think when the hormones, when it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I met this most amazing person. Great. That person's going to be amazing a year from now, two years from now. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times the rushing comes from the scarcity.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like I have to nail it down. I have to get a commitment. I have to make sure this person's not going away where, right, you know, enjoy the, the wave, you know, have a blast enjoy it. There's no scarcity and mm. everything gets revealed. If something's, it's either sustainable or it's not. But I think a lot of that comes from, I got to grab it. I got to lock it in. I got to get a guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Might go away again. Then a <laughs> lot of times with the really high intensity, there actually is a lot of scarcity there mm-hmm. instead of kind of a peacefulness, like, yeah, this is good.
1: At last I good. found the one
2: yeah, like I, oh yay, now I'm saved. Yeah. Now, now my life's gonna be great from here on <laughs> out. You know, it, it, it's it's weird. This whole we live kind of in this um, this illusion. I think it gets back to you know, even all the Disney movies. Somebody's gonna save us, you know. But it comes from the consciousness that we need saving in the first place. We mm-hmm. don't need saving, but we live inside of that consciousness. Like we do. We need need this person. Need this this energy to make us whole. And that's having a misunderstanding of our value.
1: Do you think it's different for men and women when they're wanting a
2: relationship? I think it's maybe on the surface, it's different, you know, the reasons, but I think the true connection, there's no separation. I don't think it's a male, female thing. I think maybe we have certain rules, like you talk, you know, maybe there's certain rules that we live inside of. So when we're coming from our compromised self, there's differences. Mm -hmm. But I think when you swim down, there's absolutely no difference between the sexes because we all deeply want connection. And what's so interesting about connection is it's the one thing that money can't buy, but it's, it's a strong desire that we have to really connect and share you know, it doesn't have to be a you know, long term relationship or any of that, but it's like we love to connect with people. We we're not alone on this planet. It feels really good to connect and
1: right. So great together. Men might not have grown up with Prince Charming will come and save you the way yeah. girls did.
2: But I think they have the opposite. A lot of times they have a lot of pressure, or at least they'll. it seems like that's fading away now, but that they have to be the provider. They have to be, like, it's a lot of pressure for them. And a lot of times that's them being their compromised self.
0: Mm-hmm. They have
2: to put on that persona. So a lot of females put on the persona of being taken care of, Then they have to put on the persona of, I'm going to save you. Yeah. And it's pressure because- then you're not really getting the true person. You're getting the person who they think they should be mm-hmm. to you, be in a successful relationship.
1: You have grown children, right? hmm Is it better for them? Do they have a healthier outlook about relationships than
2: previous generations? It's different. I would say it, it, it's interesting. I don't know what, I, it's inter- I think it's like every generation, it's, hard, it, it's not really, I don't think it's really a better than or worse than. Mm -hmm. It's just a different. So they're certainly not putting on um, being somebody they're not. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, I don't think they have the whole, this is the kind of person you have to be to be. I don't think they're leading with their false self as much. I think they're leading more with their true self. Mm -hmm. So in that respect, I guess you could say it's better. Like, I don't feel that at least the kids that I'm, my children or, you know, the people I'm close to, it doesn't feel like they're living inside of a lot of rules with relationships. They're more honest with themselves. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's funny. I remember when I got married, my mom's like, Oh my God, I can't believe you found someone to put up with you. (laughs) (laughs) But her, her thing was, it's like, you know, wait on the man, do everything. And and it's not the dynamic my husband and I have or ever had. He, we don't play those roles. Mm -hmm. And it was just, she just like, you can't, I don't. I can't believe it because she used to say, "You're not going to find anyone. You're not going to find anyone." Mm-hmm. But again, it's like you—you you really have to know. You want to know yourself.
1: Yeah. Oh, I got that. You know, no one will ever love you. Don't let the boys mm-hmm. know how smart you are.
2: Oh yes. Let oh, them win is it at I games. Mean, that's, So the new generation—I don't—they don't have that going on. No, they know? don't. <laughs> I remember I was dating a guy, and he—he he wanted to know, "Do you want to go to a football game or?" marine world or some other thing and I picked marine world I picked what I really wanted to do and my Mm -hmm. dad's oh I should have picked the football game guys like football (laughs) it's like well he asked me what I like you know (laughs)
1: right yeah but
2: but it, it didn't matter what you liked what matters is what's gonna win the game what's gonna get you what you want right you know what's going to deliver but I think a lot of that comes from scarcity especially the female, is scarcity is you need someone to take care of you. I mean, it goes way, way back when women weren't working, then they couldn't take care of themselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, so you better play by the rules, because if not, you're not going to get picked.
1: And that's only been a couple of generations.
2: Yeah, it's, it's not very far. I mean, I feel it. And I mean, we could do that in the second half when we talk about post, you know, after being in a relationship, but mm-hmm. that that definitely has been in my cells. And it's it lives in, within us. It's, it's something that doesn't easily get fleshed out.
1: So we just have a couple minutes, maybe just one, but I've heard you refer to the toxicity of mixed messages. What is that?
2: That's when we say we... There's two things going on. So when I was single, I really wanted to get married and have a family. But at the same time, I was afraid that I couldn't get what I want because it wasn't happening. So I would say, oh, I love my job. I don't care if I get married. It was a lie. I hated my job. You know, so a lot of times we're sending out these mixed messages. And as soon as I got really clear and said, you know what? I'm tired of that. I want to be in a committed relationship. And I started telling the truth to myself. Then it's like the universe. Lines it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. That mixed <laughs> message, it doesn't work. We've got to, we could talk about that the second half, but it's really, we have to align ourselves first before we think we're going to receive the relationship we desire.
1: You know, that's been coming up in every show. Know yourself, align yourself, mm-hmm. know your values. There's, there's
2: really no shortcut to, it doesn't work. It just, because every time we compromise ourselves, it has to get unwound. not sustainable
1: not sustainable okay well i think it's time for a break there there's the music oh i'm psychic all right (laughs) so when we come back we're going to talk about all right now you're in a relationship now what Uh, this is ellen Debenport. i'm here with janice campbell today and this is voices of unity
0: Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you enjoy our programming, we invite you to support it by visiting unityonlineradio.org and clicking on Donate Now. Help us continue to provide inspiring content to everyone. Thank you for your support.
1: Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Rev. Blair Tabor from Unity San Diego taken from a talk called Sacred Service, The Ultimate Spiritual Growth. Who we are and who we perceive ourselves to be as human beings is just such a small part of who we are as spiritual beings. You remember the phrase that I like, you know, Emily Cady says, God did not make you be spiritual pygmies, but spiritual giants. You know, and do we live as if we're spiritual giants? No, we don't. We live live as if we're you know weak human beings. You know, we're spiritual giants. We need to live that way in our lives. So we have to let go of the ego. It's a challenge because we spent so much energy and focus on on our ego. On dressing a certain way, and talking a certain way, and looking a certain way, and lining ourselves in certain ways to to uphold that ego identity. But as we're willing to let that go, let it be permeable to spirit, then what we find is we're connected to that infinite oneness that is God. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. This is Biotech. The year is 2149 and the world has become a very dark place. People have augmented their bodies with technology to the point they are no longer human. Yet one brilliant and determined scientist wants to bring the human spirit back to this bleak planet and begins to develop 12 divine attributes that were born in her. Check out the Biotech comic book series from Unity Books, available at biotech.com.
0: Follow UnityOnlineRadio.org on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and stay up to date with everything Unity. Become a fan by clicking the like button. You can join in with a Facebook Live event or just like and share our inspirational messages and posts. Be the first to find out about any big special guests on the radio, giveaways, or events at Unity Village. Make sure you leave any questions or comments about Unity programming. We want to hear from you. Create a path to success and prosperity with May McCarthy and Abundance Incorporated every Thursday at 2 p.m. Central on unityonlineradio.org. A co-founder of seven successful companies, an angel investor, best-selling author, and international speaker, May will help you each week with spiritual and practical tools you can use to create a life that you love with greater health, happiness, wealth, and freedom. Join the show live with your questions or listen later on demand right here on unityonlineradio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816 251 3555. That's 816 251 3555. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Ellen Debenport.
1: we are back with Voices of Unity, and we would love for you to call us if you're listening live. It's April 9th, 2019. We're talking about relationships. You are bound to have questions about that. Janice, before we get back into it, tell people about your website because you have a lot of this on the website, right?
2: Oh, yes. So my website is receiveyourlife.com and I have everything we're talking about. There's a template with worksheets and exercises so you can have access to that. It's under either under classes or under coachings coaching and then also you can sign up for i send out a weekly inspirational message that helps you remember the beauty and truth of what you are it's so easy to forget the truth of who we are
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it kind of reminds you every week kind of brings you back and also um i'm teaching a spiritual explorers receive your life class which is a five-week online class which begins april 23rd from 7 to 8 30 central time but that's also on the website
1: so. Right, and that's through Unity Worldwide Spiritual Institute. Yes. A mouthful.
2: Spiritual Explorers Program. It'll yeah. be really fun because you'll get really clear on your steps, your your personal data. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. So we're going
1: to talk about now you're in a relationship, and I bet you're going to tell me you need to know your own value. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm learning. <laughs>
2: Of course, of course, because when you're in a relationship, you're really in a relationship with yourself. We think that there's another person in the relationship. And yes, there's a physical person there, but really you're in a relationship with yourself. The thing about a relationship is everything, every push contrast that comes up is really an inner conflict you're having with yourself. So if you don't know yourself, it looks like it's about the other person. And it looks like they have to change, and they have to get better, and they have to fix themselves. And fortunately or unfortunately, (laughs) that's not always the truth. Well, okay. I want it to be about them. Of course we do. It's easier. feels better. Because then there's nothing wrong with us. We're not broken. But see, when I say that, it's... We're not broken. No one's broken. But what happens is we have a misunderstanding of our value. We have the perception that we're broken. So when someone touches that wound within us, it's painful. And we think the pain is coming from them, but really it's coming from us having a misunderstanding of our value.
1: So can you give me an example of that? <laughs> you I had I a
2: feeling. I know. It's like <laughs> it always stumps me, too, because I... Yeah, let's see. I'm not really good at examples. And I don't like to talk about people that I work with. So um, let's see. I'll use myself. Okay. So a lot of, so, okay. In the relation, in my relationship. So I've been, been married long time, but especially at the beginning and not just the beginning, this went on for a really long time, but a lot of our conflicts and our fighting came from, I wanted, well, first my husband's an artist, so. And then I wanted to turn him into a businessman. You know, that's the thing. One thing about relationships, which I've learned is people don't change. They just become more of who they are. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to stay home with the kids. I wanted someone to take care of me. And that's not who he is. I mean, he's an artist. So he'd be, he was always like, well, you could do what you need to do. and But a lot of times I had what was living inside of me was the belief that I'm powerless. I can't do it. So that's kind of gets back to what I was talking about those old messages that someone, so I thought, even though I married an artist, once you get married, someone's going to take care of you. And logically, I may not have believed that, but it's kind of in the cells that that's what's going to happen. So I think a lot of the pain, a lot of the fighting was because I felt powerless to get what I want what I wanted. And I wanted him to do it for me. Mm -hmm. I thought that's his job to do it for me. (laughs) So I forget, what was that connected to? Well,
1: so, um, knowing your own value, and that everything's ultimately about you.
2: Yeah, so I was, I used to get really angry at him, because I thought he was supposed to, like, make my life great. Basically, Mm -hmm. it was kind of his job to make me happy. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that that's, that's not anyone's job. I mean, like I say, it's interesting how we know that we talk about it, we get that intellectually, but it's still kind of in there where I deserve this. I,
1: <laughs>
2: you know, and what's interesting though, but the truth is, I actually love to work. I, like I say, I never wanted a career, but I love coaching, I love talking to people. Mm-hmm. But somehow, if I was, making a lot of money that I felt like he was getting away with. I don't know. It's just weird. It's like, it's not fair. And it, it it's kind of, instead of dealing with what's his desire, what's my desire. And then let's create this together. It, for a long time. It was about why are you doing this to me? Why won't you give me what I want?
1: Hmm.
2: You know, it's your job to give me what I want. Mm-hmm. I should be able to stay home with the kids. If I want, I shouldn't have to work. You should fix this for me. And so that took a while to resolve.
1: So if you (laughs) wanted to be taken care of and he wanted to be an artist, does that mean you just weren't really a match?
2: Well, he used to say that. Well, then why didn't you marry someone that would take care of you? You know what I mean? If that's what you want, (laughs) why didn't you do that? Mm -hmm. But I think what happens is we we have our true self and then we have our compromised self. That actually was my compromised self. Mm -hmm. I'm very independent. The last... And I dated a lot of guys that were, would be in a position to take care of me. And, of course, I didn't want that. Uh-huh. So it's, I think it's really confusing when there's these rules and these expectations that if, if you valued me, if you thought I was worthy, you would take it. Like we have a bunch of stuff made up about ourselves instead of really being honest about who we are and what we want. Mm-hmm. I love that he's an artist. I married him because he's not like me. Mm -hmm. I'm more of the practical accountant brain figuring, you know, receive your life. I have to create a system. You know, I come more from that place. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when we swim really get beyond the surface in a relationship, there's a reason why you're together. Obviously there's a reason why people are attracted to each other. But a lot of times I wanted him for many years to be his compromise. I thought I wanted him to be his compromised self, because if he was his compromised self, I would get what I want. But I learned that's absolutely not true. It was your compromised self demanding him to be his compromised self. Absolutely. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And he wouldn't budge, thank God. And I didn't, (laughs) (laughs) because otherwise, if he would have compromised himself, then I would have been very disappointed in him because that's not who I married. I think it's, I mean, I can can see why relationships break up all the time. It's kind of set up and that's why it gets back to the importance of really knowing yourself. It's kind of, in a way, it's kind of set up to fail if you don't really go deep enough to figure out what's really going on here.
1: Wow. Okay. So you did divorce mediation for some years. Mm -hmm. What did you see there? What could they have done differently?
2: Well, I mean, I'm not making any judgments of what anyone could do differently, but kind of what, I, what I've what i noticed, what I was just talking about is so often people get into a relationship and if they, if they came together or they loved each other, not coming together for a compromise reason, like I want to have a baby, so I'm going to marry anybody, that's different. But we're saying people who really are attracted to each other, were brought together, love each other, started off really strong. What happens over time, because we love the other person, we want to please them. So we start compromising ourselves. Mm-hmm. We say, it's okay. You want that. I'll do this. That's okay with me. Like We start giving, giving, overgiving a lot of times, trying to be somebody we're not. And then we compromise, compromise, compromise. And then pretty soon, there's nobody home in the relationship. There's no real connection left. And then at some point, people need oxygen because you can't live as your compromised self. Mm -hmm. And then it starts to look like it's the other person's fault. Well, you made me do this instead of it's a choice to compromise ourselves. It's sometimes a lot of times it's a quick fix because we think we're going to get relief. We think we're going to please the other person. We think they're going to shut up. So we (laughs) (laughs) so we compromise ourselves, but it's not sustainable.
1: Okay, so I was probably taught marriage is about compromise. You know, you're going to have to give a little. You have to meet each other halfway.
2: Yeah, but again, I, sometimes on the physical, it's different. We, I think we talked about this before. The difference between, comp- you know, you can't compromise yourself. I mean, there may be some activities that... Uh, person loves to go camping and you don't really love to go camping, but they, you know, great. So you do it together, but you're not compromising yourself. You're not lying about who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what gets into trouble. When we actually think we, we start lying, we start withholding. We start saying this does we're not honest in the relationship.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: You know, Oh, this, this doesn't matter to me. You know, I'll do this. And then we start turning into this person that we don't like. We're like, I hate this person. It's not me. Yeah, And then you start to resent your partner because you think that they made you be that person. But we made those choices to compromise ourselves because we, a lot, we compromise ourselves because we're afraid we're going to lose something we value. So it may be like, wow, I'm afraid I'm going to lose this relationship if I don't compromise myself. It's really living in fear that, that there's not enough in this relationship. To hold it together. But the truth is what I've learned in working with people is a lot of times we're splashing on the surface as our f- false, fearful self. And it looks like, oh, we this is not resolvable. But you swim down into the truth of who we are and then you connect, you find values that you connect on. Yeah. And that creates a stronger foundation. But a lot of times people don't want to swim, they're afraid. admit who they are they're afraid to admit what they want because they think the person's going to go away or the relationship's going to go away and that's why we stay compromising ourselves we're afraid to be honest but when you again when you really know yourself and you trust what lives within you the beauty and truth of what you are then you you also know that that lives within everyone else so even though someone's giving you their compromised self you swim down deeper and you're going to connect with the truth of who a person is.
1: Hmm. Does that makes sense? Yeah. Um, but it sounds like
2: one key is to let it be okay. If it doesn't work. Absolutely. You have to be okay with that because if it, because then it's just, it's, it's not going to work anyway. You know what I'm saying? It's like eventually it's like anything that's built on a compromise mm-hmm. when it's not built on the truth. It gets revealed over time. So you could pretend that it's but it, it's sounding a lot more precarious than what it is. I mean, what I've noticed is after being married for so many years, 26 years, whatever, hopefully my husband's not insulted if he hears this, but I could be married to a lot of people mm-hmm. because I know the truth of who I am and I know the truth of who other people are. So when I like coaching, I connect deeply with a lot of people. I see the beauty of who people are. People are so beautiful. And there's so many people that I could be with. But a lot of times we we show people our compromised self and then, oh, I couldn't be with that. I couldn't be with that. I couldn't be with that. But they're just showing you their false, fearful self. Okay.
1: And it's often your false, fearful self that's reacting to it.
2: Yes. Yes. But that's I mean, when you really get your value and you understand the wholeness, completeness that you are and what you bring to a relationship, you pull that out of other people. Mm -hmm. And even if it's not a romantic relationship, if it's a business relationship, you're pulling out the best of who they are. They're giving you the best of who they are. You're calling that forth because you're giving them the most authentic version of who you are. Yeah. And I'm
1: thinking there's a lot of compromise that goes on at work, too.
2: Absolutely. And then and then we have to protect ourselves. So right. it's like, I'm out of here. I can't work with them. I can't deal with them. But it, we're splashing with their false self. They're trying to protect themselves. We're trying to protect ourselves. And there's nobody really home in the relationship connecting. Mm hmm. But when you really could go deep, you know the truth of who you are, and you know there's nothing to be ashamed of, and, and you don't have to hide, and you could be completely honest, you're going to have good relationships with pretty much everyone.
1: Do you need to get their buy-in for this, or is it enough to just do that yourself?
2: Absolutely, just do it yourself. Yeah, remember that there used to be a book called uh, Chop Wood, Carry Water uh-huh. years ago. I remember the, the author was talking, someone was, the response was, well, no one in my family is doing any transformational work. I'm the only one doing it. And the the, the author said, it just takes one. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is when you drop into your authentic self, people feel it and it causes them to drop into their authentic self. But when you're giving a person your compromised self, it's going to trigger their their reaction—they're going to react to that compromise, self, because they have to kind of protect themselves. This explains
1: so much about why relationships are exhausting.
2: Yeah, well, if they're exhausting, we're kind of swimming against the current, right? You know, if they're exhausting, there's a lot more going on than the relationship, and that's what's really sad. Getting back to the um, divorce mediation, a lot of times, again, I don't know, was not in that relationships, but. It looked like, wow, this didn't have to happen. This mm-hmm. didn't have to happen. Like if if some work could have been done ahead of time and really where they could have really gotten to know each other honestly. But then you, what happens is you start interacting with person's fault and then it grows. And then nobody wants everyone. It's all about who's right, who's wrong. And you're keeping score. And who's, wh- whose fault is it? And you're off to the races.
1: <laughs> so I've heard a lot of couples say they fight about the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe yes. even in different forms, but it's always the same basic thing.
2: Yeah. Is and I think true? that's a, yeah. And it's, well, it's a combination of people don't change. They just become more of who they are. So I think a lot of times it's, it's really our issue that we haven't come to peace with. And we're hoping that at some point they're gonna Like we keep bringing it up and bringing it up because that other person has to change. They have to fix it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of peace when you really come to, wow, that's that's who that person is. That's what's important to them. It's not personal. It's not about me. Mm. But so often we think everything's about us. Every reason, yeah. Why aren't they doing that? Don't they love me? Don't they care? They're being selfish. But when you really get like, wow, that's who that person is. That's their values. That's what's important to them. Mm-hmm. Then you could find the then, the crossover. remember years ago, I took a class, Women, Sex, and Power, and the Teacher was saying the reason why women have so many problems in relationships is because they want the man, their partner, whatever, to be everything to them. Their best friend, their provide everything, and mm-hmm. it's just not possible for one person to give you everything. <laughs> you know, but when you get so you get complete in who you are, and you know what you're here to do, and you know your purpose and your wholeness, then your partner's like icing on the cake you've already got this really cool cake and you know they they're icing i mean it's nice it's nice to be in a relationship but it's not essential it's not you know it's just nice it's just a you know
1: right. icing so again you have to be willing not to have the relationship
2: absolutely i think i think the healthiest relationships is you always have to stand alone you, mm-hmm. you just no matter what friendships business Whenever we get dependent, you know, that thing, dependency breeds resentment, yes. or we think somebody's, we have an agenda, or, you know, this person's going to give me this, and I'm going to get that, and, and once I connect with this, even a business, you know, once I make this connection, and that connection, and this, then I'm going to get what I want. No, you just show up as your, your honest, authentic self. You're just looking for a match. You're looking for that then crossover, the match. You know, do you, have a, do you have a common purpose, like in business, do you have a, a common purpose, a common vision where you could both bring your gifts, mm-hmm. overlap the gifts to create something greater?
1: So if you find in, in a, let's say, a marriage or something, you're always fighting about the same thing. You have a conflict pattern, you know, mm-hmm. same thing over and over. You even use the same words. You fight about money or you fight about his mother or the kids. How do you get out of it?
2: Well, i go back to the, the exercise with the pushes. So obviously when you're fighting with someone, it's a push. So you slow it down and you look at the shoulds. And a lot of, uh, initially our shoulds are you should be different. This person should be different. You know, the world should change. But then you say, okay, once you've kind of exhausted all the out there shoulds, what are you saying about yourself? Mm-hmm. You know? I should be able to do that. I should. But you start getting down to how you're diminishing yourself, the limiting belief, because we're not following the should. And so if you you actually look into that, you'll see that the pain is not about the topic or the other person. The pain is how you're diminishing yourself. Because a a situation is happening, you're saying you're diminishing yourself, and that's what's painful. And that takes you right to the misunderstanding of your value. So if a couple's fighting about the same topic over and over and over, it's really easy to kind of go, you know, you, you just follow and you'll get right to what is, where are you diminishing yourself?
1: Hmm.
2: That, that's the pain point. Mm-hmm. And your partner is just the catalyst for going right to that wound, that misunderstanding of your value. Yeah. In fact, it's funny because like my husband and I, we can't, we used to fight, you know, at the beginning, but we can't fight anymore and have the belief that it's about the other person. (laughs) (laughs) It it gets obvious that you're really fighting with yourself. There's an Uh inner conflict going on. So it's kind of like, wah, 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 wah.
1: (laughs) Interesting. So, So what do you do? Go away and work on yourself?
2: No, we. But now you know he's so familiar with receive your life. We talk it through.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know why was that a push for you? What was going on?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and then kind of get to like, and then you see what the pain was, and then it's like, oh, okay, I can understand that. You know, I I get that. I mean, I could see why that would be upsetting. And it's not true, but I could see how that would be upsetting. You know. Hmm. But it's really the process of understanding compassion, forgiveness, which, you know, understanding why a situation is so painful. And then instead of judging yourself like, oh, I should be over this. This shouldn't hurt so much. I shouldn't get so triggered. You know, if you really understand the push, the resistance, you'll start to feel compassion for yourself. And then with the softening of compassion, you'll be able to release, forgive that diminishing thought. But I feel like we're just not really taught the basics and it's so unfair. There's really, you know, it's kind of like it's so, we're so trained to believe it's about the other person. Oh, you just picked the loser, you just picked the wrong one, or, you know, and it's not true. It's not, nobody's a loser. Well, it's really,
1: I think you and I believe you attracted them or were attracted to them because you could work out some, some of your.
2: Yes baggage with them they'll exactly. they'll push that,
1: exactly the right buttons
2: exactly and that's why there's no usually there's no mistake why people are together but mm-hmm. we run away prematurely and then we you know like in the bible jacob i'm not going to let you go until you bless me right you know? we don't want to let that you don't want to let it go too quickly a lot of times when we feel those that pushing that resistance like get me out of here you you're just going to probably have the same thing in the next relationship in the next relationship in the next relationship mm-hmm. instead of really what's what's why, what's going on here? Why am I so triggered? Why is this so painful? What just happened?
1: So can people figure that out by themselves or is this where they go get a coach or a therapist?
2: I don't I don't think it's I think starting off some absolutely you need help doing this because these are like our blind spots. Mm-hmm. And they're tied to our security and our survival. So it's really challenging to look at these issues without charge and wanting to protect ourselves. Yeah. So I think you, really, you a person needs a really good coach. I mean, what I tell people about Receive Your Life is if you really learn the system, it's, perma- it's a permanent tool because it can stay with you forever. You'll always know how to disentangle yourself. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning, people absolutely need to be because we the problem is is we believe those misunderstandings we're holding about ourselves mm-hmm. until we could really see something else. You know, we talked about the trapeze. We're not going to let go of one bar until we really have faith that we could reach the other bar, the truth of who we are. Yeah. So it's it's again, it's important to have somebody keep reflecting back the truth of who you are, because when we're in the middle of the pushes, we have amnesia. I'll always be like this. I've never been able to do anything. (laughs) You know, we we lose ourselves. We lose sight of ourselves. And it's really important to have that witness keep affirming the truth of who you are, having understanding and compassion for why it's painful, but really staying with you till you could see the truth. Hmm. It's kind of like building a muscle. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not a one-shot deal. It's like coming back to ourselves, coming back to ourselves, coming back to ourselves, releasing you know, not taking the bait of our false, fearful self. Mm-hmm. but it, It's a moment-by-moment practice. It's not a one-time thing.
1: So let's take the last couple of minutes and tell us about this class you're going to teach. It starts April 23rd. It's an online thing, so anybody can do it.
2: Yes, yes. Well, what we're going to do is each week we're going to work with one of the five steps. And so at the first one is really, so you're going to learn the system. You're going to learn, first of all, how to collect your personal data Talk about the push pulls. And then you're going to get clarity on your values. You know, who what are you? What's true about you? You know, how to access that from your personal data, your push pulls.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then also what, you know, really identifying a misunderstanding you have of your value, looking at the pushes. Whenever we have a push it means we've run into a misunderstanding of our value. So really it's like. Where do you have that misunderstanding? What is that misunderstanding? And then we're going to be talking about really the patterns of compromising ourselves. Because a lot of times we don't really know that we're compromising ourselves. So it's kind of shining a light on where you could see like, wow, there it is again. There it is again. There it is again. Because if we don't see how we're compromising ourselves, we think the world's doing it to us. And that's where the victim mentality comes in. I had nothing to do with this. It just happened to me. Mm-hmm. No, it does- your life does not just happen to you but it's understanding without judgment why it's happening so that you could start, you start to get your power back. Like, Oh, no wonder. Okay. So looking at the compromising self and then getting back, you know, how do you lay new neural pathways to really trust yourself to be who you are? So, you know, the last, it's like gathering evidence that it's safe to be who you are. So it's, it's, you're really learning your pieces, your values, your desires and where you get stuck okay do you know the
1: website to go to to sign up for this
2: i have it on my website i think you could just google spiritual explorers receive your life
1: yeah unity worldwide of industries that's what shows up janice thank you so much again we'll be back next week to talk about parenting oh won't (laughs) that be interesting so fun yeah i'll talk to you again then
0: This is Ellen Devonport.
1: This has been Voices of Unity. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.